Hello, I'm Jen. This is Gardening Out Loud. It is Monday, October 16th. It's about 8 in the morning. And the Junkos have returned to the mulberry tree into the yard. This is fun because they were around a lot in the winter and spring. And now they're back. They're charming little gray birds. I love their tail feathers, which when they take off in flight and the tail feathers spread, you can see this white stripe down the middle, which just feels like a little bit of flash. And I'm glad to have them back as companions. The garden is very much in its autumnal decline, but there are still things to harvest. There are still things hanging on. I just walked by the most beautiful Cosmo, which is growing actually on the other side of my fence between a fence and some pavement. And she's white and has just a tinge of pink in the petals, like the slightest blush. And wow, I haven't seen one like this all season. So there are still surprises. I've been saving a lot of seeds, notably bean seeds, um, that I've mostly pulled in already once the pods start to go brown. But there are still kind of a few later ones hanging on. And if the pod looks healthy, I will harvest it. You never want to save seeds from a plant that doesn't look that great. One way to tell that the bean seeds are ready is to give them a little shake. And if they rattle, they're ready. I am still harvesting cucumelons, which despite being a crop that very much likes warm weather, is hanging on. And I'm so glad for that. It feels like such a treat to have things from the garden right now. Uh, certainly after I, I returned from my local Loblaws aghast at some of the pricing, it felt like more than a treat. It felt vital to have access to food that didn't cost a mint. And no one's surviving on most melons. But I did harvest some chard when I came home. And that was nice. That felt substantial. The most melons, they're just a nice little bonus. There are a few ripe tomatoes left on my coyote tomato, which is the one that is against the wall that just went gangbusters this year. And I've left a bunch of fruit there just to see what happens because I am aware that this is in a hotter spot and it might stand a better chance at ripening. Some powdery mildew has come in on this plant, which is unsurprising given the season and also the fact that it has folded over on itself because it got so tall. So it doesn't have great airflow. It's late in the season. It's wet. Powdery mildew is going to happen. I'm not worried. The rest of the tomatoes, though, I would say don't have a lot of 
chance at ripening, so I'll probably harvest them soon. Maybe make a green tomato chutney. The Gala Trail has a really nice recipe that I use. And if I have enough to make that worth it, I'll probably give that a try. I'm still harvesting herbs from the garden, which I'm really grateful for. Some basil, even though it's kind of limping at this point, it doesn't particularly like this weather either. Parsley, sage, thyme, also available. I've been gathering a lot of that late parsley or late basil, blending them into salad dressings for like a green goddess type effect. I'm still gathering some sprouting broccoli, which is a real benefit in that it keeps producing these little florets and just enough to like make like an omelet or something, which can be just fine. The gem marigolds are still going strong. The bigger marigolds are doing okay, but the gem marigolds continue to be a star. Next year, I might only grow the gem marigolds because I love them for flower arrangements. So why not just do the most of the ones that I love? They can still fulfill that companion planting effect. There's still nasturtiums blooming, some dill flowers. There is a beautiful flowering tobacco with these dark purpley red flowers. So nicotiana. So glad to see it hanging on. Amongst the cosmos, some persist, uh, but the real surprise has been these cosmos purity, which are a white cosmos. And they, for some reason, like right at the end, they are the ones doing the best. They were just waiting for their moment in the sun. I don't know, like maybe literally because the other ones blocked out so much. I've been pulling out some of the old foliage now after I've collected the seed and just tossing it in my giant brush pile I keep in a corner that if one is feeling fancy you could call like the pollinator hotel certainly it is a space that pollinators could use well but it's also just where I put my brush that I don't package up and put out to the curb and my Christmas trees also the dahlias have slowed down but they're still happening especially silver years who I think along with Lakeview Peach Fuzz, who is also still going, have been the real champions of the year. The Lakeview Peach Fuzz gets a little more yellowy orange at this time, it, less of the softer peach. The Snapdragons are having another great bloom right now. They have more light since some of the cosmos around them I've cut back and so they're, they're exposed to more light and they can handle the cold temperature. The kale is doing pretty well. This is a time of year that is great for kale. It gets sweeter after the frost. I will say though, planting kale in such a, in a kind of marginal space, which I tend to do because it can handle a little more shade. It does make smaller plants and it remains to be seen if these smaller plants will stand as much of a chance at surviving the winter which is great for both some early season greens and also seeds because kale flowers in its second year. Second year is a biennial. And next year, I think I've determined I'm going to give a couple of kale plants a sunnier spot.
and see what they can do just so that I can be sure of having more kale at this time of year because kale is an important part of the kind of late fall, early winter garden because you can harvest even after it's been covered in snow. And so I like to make sure that there's a good amount of that because it's good for the body and good for the spirit to still have things to harvest then. It is the beginning of yard waste stealing season. If you're me, and I've talked about this before, I think I talked about it in the spring, but I tend to help out the waste collectors by walking my wheelbarrow up and down the street and relocating people's bags of yard waste. And that's because this is legitimately such useful material. And I won't go into the whole thing again, but like this is a resource. I use it to make leaf molds, which is uh, basically just broken down leaves so that they almost look like soil. They're still a little chunkier than that. And I use that as a mulch. I use it in my, I use it as the browns in my compost all year round. I use it as a layer of mulch to overwinter plants in the garden. So, so many uses. And this is really the beginning of the time. It's great to access this abundantly available resource if you're lucky to live on a street with mature trees like I am. It's also a time of year that I am shifting over my compost. So I have two kind of Dalek style, I think they're called earth machine, black round composters. Both are from municipal programs and I think I got them both second hand you can I can see from the markings that I imported one from Halton I got it at the Burlington Reuse Center RIP the greatest secondhand store in the world and basically how that system works is I use my regular kitchen waste and these leaves and my own yard waste alternating kind of browns and greens and mixing them in as I go until this round plastic vessel is foolish. This takes maybe about six months. And then I start over in the next one and allow that other one to break down. And then when the other one is broken down, I shovel it into the garden and I start again with the other one. I also will put a few scoops of the finished compost, including all the worms and other life in it into the new one to help it get established as it started. This is one of the best things you can do to activate your compost, as you may call it. So right now, I'm allowing the one on the right to finish up. It is super active. When I open it and dig around, I can see steam come out. There are so many worms in it. I love to see that. And there might even be some ready for any fall planting I do, or I actually might extend the main bed couple more feet because <laughs> I can't help myself and I might use some of that for a kind of lasagna style gardening where I put cardboard down to kill the grass put some compost and then a layer of leaves on top it is not too late to do this in your yard if there's an area that you want to transition if you want to build a new bed for next year you want to turn over your whole front lawn as I helped my friends do this year. 
you can do that now. You can put down your layer of uncoated cardboard, wet it with the hose, and then put down a nice thick layer of something. So you could put down leaves and grass clippings, which is an alternating of brown and green. You could put down um, a layer of compost or soil. Uh, and you could just put down a really thick layer of wood chips. Uh, the only caution with that is that they might not break down in time for you to plant in the spring. So you might have to get a little more creative then. You can also do this in the spring, which is actually what we did at my friend's place. And in that case, we needed to use, we needed to provide some soil. We couldn't just count on things breaking down and turning into soil. So we ordered a cubic yard of soil and then put mulch on top of that. And we planted into that on top of the cardboard. That has worked great. That yard has flourished beyond its expectations. And like truly this went from sad lawn to beautiful, like probably half native perennial planting. And it makes my heart really happy to see that. So if you have it as a goal to convert some of your lawn for next year, get started now. There's no reason you can't. But I might put a layer of soil, like an inch or two of soil at the bottom, and then put your leaves or your wood chip on top, just to ensure that you have something to plant in next year in case things don't break down over the winter. The, the juncos are on the ground now underneath the tree. They're uh, pecking around in some of the liberated leaves. So another good reason to have them. I'm sure there's lots of tasty bugs and seeds in those leaves. So yes, things are winding down. You can see I'm already casting my mind a bit to next year. But also, I am looking forward to rest. The summer is such a sprint. And I really love the garden this time of year for being so independent. I do basically nothing. Just kind of a little end of year maintenance here and there. I am grateful for what I harvest. And I can have a cleaner house and can enjoy an indoor life a little more. I will absolutely miss it when it's gone, but the garden is reminding us it's time to rest or soon time to rest. And I don't know about you, but that is a message that I need to hear. That is a model I need. And so I'm grateful for that too. Okay. I think that's enough for me this week. I'll be back next week. We've got at least one more episode left in us. Maybe two. We'll see what Mother Nature offers. And also let's see when the call to rest is finally heated. Take care this week. Appreciate all those little beauties that are still going. And 
I will talk to you next week.